Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. John MacArthur says, The pleasure of sin is brief while the sorrow it produces lasts. The sorrow of repentance is brief while the joy it produces lasts. And Naomi got up, and her daughter-in-laws, to their credit, were with her. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-laws, they'd probably traveled on the road for a little way. Remember, they had a long journey ahead of them. And, and she had a moment. She broke the silence. In verse 8, she said, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. Normally, it would be said your father's house, but your mother's house may imply you need to get married again. May the Lord deal kindly with you. This is the, the Hebrew word hased. May he show his loyal love with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. I'm going, I'm going back to Bethlehem, but you need to leave. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but you probably have. I'm not exactly rolling in the blessings these days. I'm not exactly the best company. Being around me is probably not good luck for you ladies. I'm sure you want to get married again. I'm sure you want to have a life. Why would you ever go back with a person like me? You know, Naomi's faith is at a low. And we can understand it. When we get bruised and battered by the storms and bullets of this life that come our way, sometimes our faith is so low, we start telling non-Christians not to follow us. We, we, we may say, hey, maybe, go, maybe you should go back over there. I, I don't know you if you want to be around me. But she does acknowledge God. She says, may the Lord. She knows God is there. She knows he's on the throne, and that can be tough. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah 6, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord high and lofty. The train of his robe filled the temple with glory, and the angels sang, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah had to wonder. He, Uzziah was a good king. Is God still on the throne? When I go through adversity and difficulty, is God still on the throne? And the message of Isaiah 6 is he hasn't moved. Even when you can't make sense of what comes to you in life, whether it's a loss or a diagnosis or a difficulty at work or a strained relationship that's really wearing on you, God has not moved from the throne. But Naomi still, her faith is low, and she says, now may the Lord show you Hesed, may he show you his loyal love, but don't go on with me. Hesed is a beautiful Hebrew word. It means mercy and protection, refuge. It speaks of covenant love. It's the loyalty expected in marriage partners. It's the language of covenant. But many scholars believe that what Naomi is doing is giving a formal farewell She's saying to the girls, you are free of your commitment to this family. It is noble what you are trying to do. And I appreciate you making the trek this far with me. But I don't think you should go on. And I don't want you to have to feel like you are committed to me. You were committed to my sons. You have supported me even in their death. But now I want you to go on. I want you to go back. We need to say goodbye. And she said, may the Lord grant you that you may find rest. Rest is found in Jesus Christ and nowhere else. True rest in him. Each in the house of her husband. Go, you need to get married again. And then she kissed them, maybe like a European kiss, a formal kiss on the cheek. And they lifted up their voices and they wept. A very poignant moment. I mean, three ladies who had gone through loss together. 
When, when you can understand somebody else's loss, when you can resonate with them, man, the tears are deeper and I think more profound. And they just sat there on the road and cried together and cried and cried some more. I don't know how long the crying went on, but they wept together. And it reminds me of a scene in the New Testament where Paul says goodbye, goodbye to the Ephesian elders. He says, you guys are never going to see my face again. And he says, now I commend you to God and the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Parting company with those we love is hard and sorrowful. I mean, some of you have been on the mission field. You know, maybe you went on a, a short-term missions trip to a place that you don't expect to return and you met some beautiful people, some Christians there, and there was a bond and then you have to say goodbye. And you're not sure if you're ever going to be back in that land again. You're not sure if you're ever going to cross paths again. In fact, there's some people that I've said these words to, if I don't see you on this side, I will see you in heaven. And I'm sure it was a moment like that for these women. We're probably never going to see each other again. And Naomi said, I'm going to kiss you. I love you. But it's time to go. And they said to her, no, verse 10, but we will surely return with you to your people. No. But Naomi said, return my daughter's why should you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb? Verse 11, that they may be your husbands. Return, my daughters, go. I'm too old to have a husband. And if I said I have hope, and if I should even have a husband tonight and also bear sons, would you therefore wait until they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters. It's harder for me than for you. The hand of the Lord has gone forth against me. Now, I want you to notice that even though Naomi has been hit with several blows of life, she does not deny God's existence. She has not become an atheist, and she has not switched gods. But she has said, God's heavy hand is against me. Now, we don't know all the details. We don't know all the reasons why this has happened to her, but we do know this. Her attitude is, man, God's heavy hand is on me. I'm going to give you some common sense advice, girls. You need to go. Go back. Go, to, go back to what you know. One writer says her complaint is even cloaked in faith. But she says, I want you to go back. Forget about me. Start your life over again. Like Jacob of old, all things are against me. But Naomi didn't know what was coming. We who have read the book, we know bright times are ahead. Unexpected blessings are ahead. But when we're at that place... On the faith journey, and this book is about a faith journey where we don't know what's going to happen next, it's hard. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Now in verse 14, we see that the ladies have come to the crossroads and Orpah is now convinced by her mother-in-law that it's time to say goodbye. So in a formal way, she kisses her mother-in-law, turns away and begins to head back to Moab. Interestingly enough, the name Orpah in Hebrew, many scholars believe, means the back of the neck. And so when Orpah kissed her mother-in-law and turned her back to her mother-in-law and headed back to Moab, she turned the back of her neck, turned her face away and said, I'm going back to my old life. I'm going back to my old gods. I'm going back to what's familiar. I'm going to heed your advice. Goodbye, mom. But Ruth, clung to her. Now, when Orpah left, we get from some tradition that she started an afternoon talk show that was fairly popular over the last several decades. 
Yeah, you knew I had to go there, huh? Did you know, this is an interesting fact, that Oprah Winfrey was named from this character in the book of Ruth. She was called Orpah on her birth certificate. And through time, people were mispronouncing her name. So they were calling her Oprah instead of Orpah. And it stuck. So Oprah Winfrey's name comes from the book of Ruth, and it was either a grandmother or a mother in the family that was giving Bible names to all uh, the children that were coming along. It is interesting to me to think about the fact that Oprah Winfrey, even with her Christian background, has publicly on several occasions denied the Lord Jesus Christ. She is given, and you may be a fan of Oprah, but I'm just going to tell you the facts, She is given a platform for new age practitioners. She, in one exchange that you can find on the internet, a woman calls her out and says, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. And she, Oprah, questions that truth. And so no matter what you may think of her talk show or her benevolence over the years, Oprah has walked away in some measure from her Christian roots. Although I've seen footage of her in churches at times, I've seen her acknowledge that she's a Christian and yet turn her neck to the things of God. So we should pray for her. I don't know where she's at today, but I think it's an interesting fact that she was named for a woman that turned her neck away from following uh, Naomi back to Bethlehem. But Ruth clung to her mother-in-law. She would not let go. The Bible tells us we should fear the name of God, serve him and cling to him, Deuteronomy 10, 20, and swear by his name. He is your praise and he is your God. He has done great and awesome things for you, which your eyes have seen, Deuteronomy 10, 20 and 21. It says in 2 Kings 18, 6, that Hezekiah clung to the Lord and did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. And so Naomi responds to Ruth's clinging. And she says, behold, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. There's still time. Return after your sister-in-law. You can still see her in the distance. You haven't lost the opportunity. Go and go now. Can you imagine being Ruth? You're at the crossroads of life, man. Your mother-in-law is telling you, go, follow, follow her. Go back to your people. Go back to your gods. Some of your translations say God. The chief deity of Moab, even though Moab had a start with a connection to Israel, was called Chemosh. Some scholars connect Chemosh to Molech. One of the terrible things that the people who followed Molech did was child sacrifice to this false god. They say Chemosh was the leader of a pantheon of Moabite gods, and the normal common people did not believe that they could even get in touch with Chemosh, So they had to deal with lesser gods to get to this higher God. It was a place filled with paganism and social uh, conventions had changed and moved away from the God of Israel. And Ruth, think about Ruth now. She's at the crossroads. Everything that she knows, everything that she's used to, all the traditions that she has grown up up with now, she's faced with, am I going to leave? Am I going to go to this land of Bethlehem? 
And as we watch Ruth go, Ruth is going to go with no promise. Abram, in the book of Genesis, had a promise. I will make your descendants as the stars of the sky, the sand of the seashore. I'm going to show you the land. Go. At least Abram had a promise. Ruth had nothing. No promise on which to stand. She just simply walked by faith and not by sight. How many times we celebrate the faith of Abram who became Abraham, how few times we celebrate Ruth, who without even a promise, knowing nothing of the God of Israel except what Naomi had shown her, which at this point was pretty low, decided to follow. Hey folks, this is Pastor Michael Lance and this is Living Truth Radio and we'll be back to the teaching in a moment. I want to tell you about a special offer that we have available at Living Truth Radio. It's a book that I've written called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It's all about spiritual warfare. It's all about how to overcome temptation, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And it's a special offer. Go to our website, livingtruthradio.org. Click on the donate button. And for any donation, we will send you a copy of that book. Just let us know in the contact form that you'd like a copy of that book. And now, back to the teaching. She turned away from those gods, and she said, 16, Ruth said, Don't, do not urge me or pressure me to leave you or turn back from following you. For, and this is one of the great statements of faith in the Bible, for where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. I will not go back to the false substitute gods of Moab. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. She'd probably never been to Bethlehem. She did not know what awaited her. She would be a foreign woman in a foreign land, widowed, trying to find a husband. Not easy stuff. And she clung to Naomi. That, brothers and sisters, is faith. Do you know that your faith is not going to be tested when everything's rosy in life? Your faith is not going to be tested when you can see plan A, B, and C, and the door is easy to select as light shines and angels sing over the door that you must choose. That's not faith. Faith is walking in concert with the Holy Spirit, not knowing even where the next turn is. Faith often comes to forks in the road, where you'll be faced with, are you going to go back to what's easy, comfortable, and you're used to, but you know is wrong? Or have you decided to follow Jesus? No turning back. I would say to you that a lot of Christians in the modern age have not made up their minds. Where you die, I will die, 17. And there I will be buried. I will even be with you in death. Not even death's going to part us, because where you're buried, I'm going to be buried Thus may the Lord do to me, and now she seals it with an oath in the name of Yahweh. Thus may the Lord do to me, and worse, if anything but death parts you and me. There's a great scene in the book of John. Ironically, John 6.66, Jesus has given a difficult teaching about his body and his blood. Most of the people misunderstood what he was saying there. And it says in John 6.66 that many of the disciples after that teaching followed him no more. And Jesus turned to the twelve and said, do you also want to go away? And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? 
You have the words of eternal life. Have you gone back? You know, there's a lot of people who were at that crossroads and they followed Orpah back to the old ways and the old gods. But she says, nothing is going to part us. I've heard scholars say this is no, no less than Ruth's conversion. This is her saying, I will follow Yahweh and forsake all else. This is a commitment of geography, chronology, and theology, as one writer put it. She decided, and she said, you're not going to talk me out of it. I'm going where you're going. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Do you know, I've discovered something, and it's, it's found in the, the book of 1 John, but I think we all understand the concept. We know that we've passed out of death into life because we love God's people. When I meet people on the street, and I'm not talking about hiccups in life where you're in between, you know, going to church or you've had a physical problem or maybe even a hurt or wound, but when I find people who say they're Christians and are not yoked and linked to the body of Christ, it makes me wonder. Because I know we got rough edges, people. I know none of us in the church are perfect, but... The love of God's people is one indicator that you've passed out of death into life. You love the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. And so she says, your people are going to be my people, your God, my God. And when she saw, verse 18, Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her. She said, no more. She said, okay. It's time to go. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? Amos 3.3. Naomi wasn't going to go alone, but now that Ruth was there, I'm sure she was cheered. It's kind of like when we get young couples in marriage counseling, we do everything to talk them out of getting married just to see their true commitment. (laughs) Usually when they sit down in my office, I say something like this, don't do it. No, I don't do that. That's a joke. (laughs) Marriage is a wonderful thing. But marriage will take everything that you are. Marriage will take every ounce of commitment that you can muster up by the help of God. Amen? Amen. Marriage is the school of discipleship. It is the test of loyalty. It is the laboratory of loyal love. And she said, I'm going. And so they both went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came about when they had come to Bethlehem, all the city was stirred because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? Is that the pleasant one, the sweet one? This indicates that maybe they had a prominent place in the city. But it may also indicate that when Naomi came back after some 12 years, she was a bit beat up by life. Maybe she came limping into town. And she, she didn't leave that way. She left with a husband and, and two sons, strong, strapping young men. And she came back limping and then nothing. No, no men with her. And the women were like, The city was stirred. Is that Naomi? Surprise. Maybe a little gossip. Most people don't gossip, you know. You know, most people don't. But but do you think it was something like this? Is that Naomi? I saw a picture of her in the tabloids two weeks ago. It's hard not to look at those things when you're in the supermarket line. Right? Wrong. (laughs) Is that her? I wonder what she did wrong for God to beat her up in this way. She must have sinned terribly. 
You remember Job's friends in the book of Job? Great comforters are you, even his wife. Curse God and die. <laughs> Thanks, honey. <laughs> Thanks for the encouragement, right? And they, they, they saw him at a distance and they didn't even recognize him and they lifted up their voices and wept together. Man, when we start making guesses about why people are going through what they're going through, we need to be careful. We cannot take the place of God and say, oh, well, if that person's going through this, then that, oh, it's probably, well, they must have done something wrong. That's, choose my words carefully. <laughs> that is wrong theology. Even back in the day, Jesus' own disciples did that. Who sinned? This man or his parents that he's born this way? And when Naomi limped into town, she said, 20, don't call me Naomi. Don't you call me pleasant. Don't you call me sweet. Call me Mara. For the Almighty, that is Shaddai, has dealt very bitterly with me. Don't call me sweet. Call me bitter. Wow. Man, this is when, when you don't want to hear from people. You don't even want them to call your name anymore. I know I got a Bible name. Don't call me that name. You're not at a good place. He said, in fact, just call me Mara. Mara is a word for bitter. The idea of the word comes as we see the children of Israel whining after three days with no water. They find water, but the waters are bitter. They were bitter, therefore it was named Mara, Exodus 15, 23. And the people grumbled against Moses. What shall we drink? And the Lord showed him a tree, and the waters became sweet again. But, but this is what she says, call me Mara. She says, I went out full, 21, we're almost done. But the Lord has brought me back empty. Why do you call me pleasant one? Why do you call me sweet? Since the Lord has witnessed against me, the Almighty has afflicted me. I left full. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Naomi. You left in a famine. I don't think you were carrying out baskets of bread when you left the house of bread. I left full. Maybe she means I left with a husband and two sons, and now I came back with a big fat zero. Can you imagine Ruth standing there? Uh, hello. I, you know, I'll, your people, my people, your God, my God, wherever you go, I'll die with you. Hello. But she couldn't even see Ruth out of the corner of her eye. She said, I've lost everything. I've lost everything that was dear to me. I've got nothing left. Don't call me sweet. The Almighty has afflicted me. One writer says, all things work together for good to those who love God. How often it is true, as the poet Cowper knew and sang, behind a frowning providence, God hides a smiling face. Ruth is about to be grafted into Israel and about to become a woman who's in the line of the Messiah. Could Naomi ever have dreamed that she will get a child and a kinsman redeemer will come forth who is a type of Jesus Christ. So Naomi returned, 22, and with her Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, who returned from the land of Moab, and they came to this most familiar place called Bethlehem. And what was it? It was the beginning of the barley harvest, probably the spring, maybe around the time of 
either the Passover season or Pentecost. And the Feast of Israel were times of reaping, times of joy, times of song, times of blessing, times of rejoicing. When does she show up? Here's the glimmer of light. Right in the barley harvest in Bethlehem, the house of bread. Do you remember the shepherds? It came about when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds began to say to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. For in the house of bread, the bread of God was coming. And the angel says, I have good news of great joy that shall be for how many? All the people, including Moabites and everybody else. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll see a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. In the darkest of times, God's light still shines, and it shines brightly. What would you want to tell our listening audience about that Bethlehem night and what God did? Well, you know, it's just, it's one of the beautiful pictures painted by Scripture. You know, we see our Savior, our Redeemer, come into our earth that he created for us to die for our sins. You know, and and if there's anybody out there that, that doesn't know that, that doesn't understand that, you know, you can you can get in touch with us, but but more importantly, if you're listening to this, you can accept Jesus right now. Jesus came to the world to die for our sins, and and, and all we have to do is repent and call upon His name. And Andy, you know, He came to enter into our pain, to bear our yes, sorrows, yeah. to die the death that we deserve, to taste death for yes. all of us. And so th- this is what Bethlehem means and and it leads into and we're going to talk about this in in a future broadcast it's going to lead into this picture of a kinsman redeemer Uh, and redemption is at the heart of the book of ruth it's really about the harvest the lord of the harvest yeah and workers going out into the harvest field to bring the message of hope in jesus christ now you just you just gave our listening audience what that message is about it's about good news about Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, if I was just talking to you friend to friend right now and I said to you, Andy, what do I have to do to make that official? What do I have to do to make a declaration like Ruth made and become a follower of this God? Well, you know, believe it or not, it's actually really easy. Um, It's spelled out just in scripture. John 3.16 says that that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever whosoever believes on him shall have eternal life. You know, and so what I would tell you as a friend would be repent, call upon the name of the Lord because you know what? He's there and he's ready. He's waiting to forgive you. He's waiting to, to give you grace and to fill you with love and hope and joy. Wouldn't you say, Andy, that dark times really kind of uh, force us to look at some deeper questions? And, yes. Um, you know, we, none of us want dark times. Uh, you, you know, I know you've dealt with death. I've dealt with death as well. And, and, and it brings up some hard questions, but it does force us also to look to the light and the light of hope that's found in Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. 
Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.